are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one. This is so rad. I am so dad. You're listening to Bad Christian Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. If you heard Toby there, you did not hear correctly, because that ain't Toby. We're in did not hear virtual studio with Jason Petty, none other than Propaganda, our good friend. He Welcome. is filling in for Toby, who is on a... What is Toby doing? Joey, do you know, Reva? Uh, he's on the way to vacation to Missouri, oh, so I don't know like. what you do on vacation to Missouri. Oh, yeah, that's right. Grandma's there, so you let the kids run wild, and you go do what you want to do. That's what it is. That was a oh, that was an emotional up and down. I was like, he's on his way to vacation. Oh, that's rad. It's in Missouri. Oh, that's <laughs> oh but it's his grandma, so he doesn't have to watch his kids. Okay, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Best vacation ever. <laughs> so, so, so um, propaganda. I just uh, we got you on this show just for one question. Who do you like better, us or the lyricist? Man, just tell us. Hey, man. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, no, God, stop right there. I'm just kidding. White God. people are interchangeable, you know? That's just, uh, <laughs> we're interchangeable. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, before we dive into some of the, the meat of what we want to talk to you about, I got to hear, what do you think about podcasting, man? Because you were, you were a guest on so many different podcasts, and now you and your wife are rolling with Red Couch Podcast. So what's it like? It was kind of like, dude, I, I, you have these moments where you're like, I'm, I'm giving all of my good ideas and grenades to other people. <laughs> like, man, I should start doing it myself. Um, so that's fun. I think the it's cool to like we've it's created sort of ritual and like discipline with us to say, OK, Wednesday nights or Sunday nights, we're going to sit down and do a project together. Yeah. This is good for your marriage. You know what I mean? Oh, in sure. a weird way. Like it's been just really it's, I really just do this to like as marriage counseling for ourselves. <laughs> we can if we could put out some good ideas, then let's do that too. Yeah, it is it it is interesting because I've done a handful of episodes with my wife of the podcast that I do, and it actually is kind of a bonding time because you're really thinking critically and you're thinking at a deeper level. And sometimes you're just too lazy to do that off mic. <laughs> you know, you just want to hang out and, and play a game or something. But do you think it that really has does to require do, you to have some deeper thought? Do you think it has yeah, to do with that you have to trust each other, like, and be vulnerable and make keep it going? Like, you're, you know, like, oh, we're both on mic. This needs to go good. So you're having to really, like, I feel yeah, like well, I'm that, trying to really a, connect with y'all right now. Like I feel like I really want to connect with Jason and, and Joey here to make the show go good. And I bet that's always therapeutic for a, a relationship. Totally, yeah. And, the, and, and the, the prep behind it to be like, okay, we have to sit down and talk about what we're going to talk about. And then do the research and then um, us go through like witty banter and actually hearing what people, what each other actually thinks about something. And then having to talk that through and just all that just comes with what it takes to like make a, a good podcast. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, dude, it's like you're learning about each other at the same time. But what cool. about when it's not good? Because I don't know if my wife could handle the criticism I can lay on Joey, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife definitely has a like, 
fuck you, I'm a doctor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Stuff she, she's, that she she's can gonna, always kind of go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> she's sharp. So, she's correcting you most of the time, I imagine, anyway. Essentially, she's like, you didn't really research this, did you? You're just really just saying what you think. <laughs> it's, it's like if Jesus was ever married. I mean, his wife is screwed every time they get in an argument. He's like, you, I mean, you realize I'm right, right? Like, I'm right. I'm the son of God. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that, uh, all right, so for for people that have not checked out your podcast, do y'all spend most of your time on like political commentary? And when I say political, I, I mean also cultural. And yeah. like I, I, the first episode that I listened to was, um, I forgot the terminology that you use, but it was on Cardi B and just how people were uh, saying she's, she's performative. Goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it was very, very cultural, uh, very up to um, up to speed sort of um, entertainment and all yeah. that kind of stuff. What, what do y'all talk about mostly? Yeah, we try to we a, coin, a, a phrase I learned from the Cray, which is what we try to do ultimately is is sophista ratchet <laughs> to where it's like an equal amount of just high level critical thinking academics very sophisticated but a good amount of ratchetness so like we try to make sure it's equal parts both because i feel like that's actually much more representative of black and brown communities in general is like you know we read too you know what i'm saying but but cardi b go you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying so like uh i i i i think we one of the critiques from the from the um first season was that we didn't give ourselves the freedom and flex to like if a topic that was like actually very serious needed more time yeah we were just like no we got 20 minute segments 20 minute segments that we were just trying to fit every segment in there Mm -hmm. and one of the critiques was like yo it's okay if you don't get every segment in there like do more you know and we just got so much of our like positive feedback was on the political parts Right. Specifically, the political parts in our relationship, like those are the two things that we got the most like feedback on. Right. Um, so we were like, for this season, we're going to try to spend more time in both those areas. Yeah. I, what I what I like about the the vibe too is it's almost like you. you I, I think some of the stuff that you guys say is shocking from the perspective that there's so much polarization in our society. Hearing hearing someone like you being understanding of people that you probably don't really agree with, but yeah. almost like giving them a little bit of open-mindedness. It's just so rare. I mean, it re- unfortunately is very rare for someone to say, yeah, I disagree with that person, but let me try to figure out where they're coming from. Oh, I just tried to figure out and they make a little bit of sense. I get that. I mean, that's just uncommon. Yeah. Do you, do you- and, and what's crazy is like, that is, you know, at the end of the day, what, Rather than, I mean, you guys know jokes, rather than like your Jesus, your JPMs, you know, rather mm-hmm. than your Jesus per minute things. Yeah. I'm like, this is what makes our show distinctly Christian. Yeah. Like, I'm, people I totally disagree with are still image bearers and they're still my neighbor and they still have mm-hmm. um, cognitive thoughts. So I think if we can come to a position where I'm like, I'm going to at least going to take you serious and take your positions serious, I'm not going to agree with it mm-hmm. per se. But I'm gonna take you serious, and I'm gonna recognize the humanity in whatever you're saying. Um, and and then the artist in me, like I have a firm belief that I just think the better you understand humans, the better music you can make. Mm-hmm. So like, 
that means I just can't stick around with humans that I already understand. I got to start understanding humans I don't understand, you know? So yeah. s- something that's troubling me in podcasting lately, and, and this is in the same area, so I think it'll make sense, but something that's been really troubling me in podcasting lately, uh, or society, but podcasting specifically, I think people are messing it up because everything is getting... I don't know. Like when we started podcasting, the idea was to just talk, record it, and let people hear it. Now, of course, that makes for mostly boring podcasts in general. Yeah. But that's still what it was. And then if anybody happened to be interesting, that would be that would wind up being a good podcast, you know, or funny or whatever yeah. it is. But the tone was always very casual, which equals podcasting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And conversation being the most operative word lately. Yeah. And since this damn political, I hate politics. I'm anti-political period and i'm so upset that now all humans are acting like politicians now politicians typically all the worst qualities about politicians are now ones that we everybody on social media and podcasting seem to possess which is you know fakeness and reputation management and real overly careful and calculated moves and the worst of it is talking point podcast where it isn't a conversation and it's people come on and you ask them some vague question and they turn it into like a press conference i hate that and it happens on this show and it happens on break it down sometimes and when i hear it Mm -hmm. in other shows i'm like whoa we're just here to say "Mm -hmm," and let a person deliver a bunch of talking points with an agenda and it's really driving me crazy so yeah what i what you're saying there is that you and the only way to avoid that and it gets in this territory which is what we wanted to have you on to talk about if you listen to Uh that uh uh, did you listen to andrew clavin episode I did. Yeah. So that yeah. one, for instance, is one, if we have somebody on that people perceive as right wing, let's say, yeah, they're going to say, you shouldn't have had them on. And I'm going to say, yeah. well, why? But if I do understand, if you have somebody on that's some crazy person or right winger or, or work, not that right wingers are crazy, but somebody that was mm-hmm. on some far end of any spectrum and they yeah. just sit there and give you your talking points and you simply endorse them and say, mm-hmm, 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 every time yeah. they talk, well, I can see why that is stupid. That That is like yeah. just giving somebody a platform and letting them deliver a speech to your audience. That's dumb. But the hard yeah. part is to have a conversation with yeah. people. So I'm curious how you felt about that episode because that's one where people wish we hadn't had him on, but I liked yeah. it. No, nah, I think, uh, you. first of all, I'm of the belief that like, well, at the end of the day, like, it's my podcast. I can put whatever I want on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and you can easily, just like, it's just like an album. Like, you can, you can do a song about whatever you want to do a song about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I feel like in my mind, like nothing is off limits as long as I decide, like if I'm going to steward my audience well, you know, um, then I'm curating this experience for them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you, you're curating the experience. I don't think it was anything wrong with you having him on because it's your show. And you, you <laughs> It's just because like, I mean, I'm just like, just because I walk into a Home Depot doesn't mean that I believe everything the CEO of the Home Depot mm-hmm. says. I don't even know the dude. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I, I just think that like, it's such a jump in logic to think that because you have somebody as a guest, um, that that means you're endorsing this person. So, But what so if you're real nice to them and allow them and don't push back hard and things like that? Yeah, I was just going to say, like you said, stewarding your audience. I would say that maybe some people would say, yeah, you didn't. We don't want to hear that shit. And, yeah. and you, and and you certainly didn't give them enough trouble. You, you yeah. c- certainly didn't push back enough. Well, they weren't in the room, you know. Yeah. And I, oftentimes people say they, they do the same on Twitter. Like, why you ain't clap back? Well, I'm like, well, because 
it's not your Twitter. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you wasn't in the room. I think when you're in the room, it's just a different thing. And, um, and it's like, it, at the end of the day, it's like, what is my podcast? Like, what is your podcast? Is your podcast, like you said, is your podcast a space for conversation um, where y'all kind of go back and forth? And, uh, and I don't think that you guys didn't push back per se, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I think there was times that, yeah, it was like, well, you'd letting a man talk cause he was trying to build a case. Um, and I can draw my own conclusions as to like, you know, things that I was like, okay, you have a great point. You're full of crap right there, but you have a great point there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. me as a fully evolved human should be able to sparse, you know, kind of, kind of put that out myself. But in my mind, again, maybe it's just, I'm just, maybe I'm just a different animal, but like I, since I would never go to his space at all, ever, I would never opt into his world. Well, to, to stop there. Tell me more about that. What would you mean by that? Like you wouldn't go on his show or what? No, I wouldn't. Like if he's putting on a show, I'm not going to, like if he had a podcast, I'm not going to subscribe to it. Okay. Like I'm like, I don't feel like this is, a, if I get to, if I get to choose what's coming into <laughs> yeah, my ears, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to choose this. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But if he's in a space that I consider safe and I'm like, okay, now he's been brought in. I'm going to come to Bad Christian and you're going to give me this. Then I'm like, okay, I'm willing to listen to you. And because I already know who Matt and Joey are, mm-hmm. I already know who they are. Like, I don't need, you don't, you don't need to prove anything to me for them. And you arguing with this dude is not going to change his mind. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, sure. what, are you, what are we trying to accomplish here? So, but you bringing him into your world made me be able to say, okay, now I can hear this guy out and hear, you know, sort of the schools of thought that he might represent. And then for myself, I'm now getting a good practice of one, being an active listener two, having my own opinions reflected back to me. And then three, being able to say, okay, now that that's been reflected back, I can practice my muscle of discourse and be able to say, well, here's, here's where you're wrong or here's where I disagree with you. But mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have let this guy, because the minute he would have started talking in the beginning, so, as, like for real, for real, as soon as he brought up Thomas Swole, I almost stopped it. I was like, <laughs> I'm good. I don't, if you're going to quote him, if you don't quote Thomas Swole, I'm like, then I, we are already divergent. You know what I'm um, uh, you're going to have but, to catch me up on that too. Cause I've not, I, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know that guy. Oh, I know is. who he like, is. I just don't, I'm just curious what, I mean, I don't know of him as somebody that I wouldn't listen to. I, I, I like, look, we're, yeah. we're probably about to get into this in a minute. I, agree with a lot of what Andrew Clayton says more than you may think. So I'm going to try to hold those positions with you on the podcast here. But Thomas Sowell, for instance, I kind of like him. Yeah. But you don't, but that's okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't, that's okay. Yeah, totally. I think Thomas Sowell has moments. I think, but I think his moments are couched in a very binary, simplistic world Mm -hmm. i think that they don't i think what he doesn't i think what thomas swole and then even like like your gentleman like i think they think they understand a both and but they don't affirm it like in the i say a both and in the sense that like i think i mean it's like best pop culture example is now kanye right like Mm -hmm. so so kanye is basically becoming it on the thomas swole tip to where it was like uh just this idea that like self-actualization and this individualism and like the person's life and liberty is in the hands of that person um, only. It's either that 
or you're blaming the system mm-hmm. and and the collective identity is so it's you're either you're either an individual or you're part of a collective either you make better choices or you're blaming the system Mm -hmm. and i just like that's just not the universe we exist in Mm -hmm. the universe we exist in is both yes right and 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 but if you but if you and to where i'll to where i'll totally agree with him is the idea that like just because and what you said before like you know republican or conservative and liberal platforms change every couple generations you know what i'm saying so you can't just say that these are fixed ideas that this is a fixed concept of conservatism and then and then and watch this i'll really blow your mind because i'm about to quote doug wilson right um who says uh there's no virtue in transitive verbs so in the idea that like conservative it's like conserving what it's you know i'm saying there's nothing Uh uh-huh you you understand what i'm saying like you're liberal like okay liberating from what like they the terms themselves don't yes. have any meetings yeah. unless you're comparing it to something so i'll give him that and i'll give him the fact that the idea that like you know big government liberal platforms aren't necessarily good things for the black community but then again i'm argue neither are conservative platforms yeah you understand what i'm saying so that's what i mean by like this uh it has to be either or. I just think that that's an oversimplification. Yeah, the problem is it's like uh, those people are avatars for like what they think is the identitarian identity politics. Everything's a group identity movement has gone too far. So now they think or they whatever they do is to push back against that by being hyper on the other side. And unfortunately, that works because in the middle, it's like, you know, me and you, and it's not that polarized and it's not that cartoonish. They're caricature, cartoon points of view that are relatively extreme or at least shallow, I would say. Yeah. But that's easier for people to grab onto so they have bigger audiences than we do. Yeah. I just feel like you have to be equal parts, like equal parts – Get your shit together and fight the power. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to have equal parts both. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and, and even like, even when I think of like, not even, not even conservative, like this is something I was really thinking about coming into this podcast, like not just necessarily conservative, but like I'm going to push it to even like, because he was kind of like scratching at the libertarian view too mm-hmm. in the way that he was kind of talking. And libertarian, I feel like is great if we can assume that generally when people make choices that are for self-actualization, they kind of understand that like, it's, I'm not really trying to hurt my neighbor. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I generally think my neighbor's fine. And I, you know, I would hope that they would make good choices for themselves too, because right. we all win when you make good choices, but I'm not really trying right. about us all winning. I got sense enough to know that, I'm going to make the right choice for myself. And when I make the right choices for myself, it's going to help out my neighbor because my neighbor's going to make the right choice for themselves. And, you know, like we're, we're fine. Just, you know, just do you. Mm-hmm. You're assuming there's a moral compass of the, of the populace. Problem is, I'm like, I need you to point at one area in the entirety of human history that that played out that way. Right. I can't think of... Like legitimately, I sat down and I thought about this. I can't think of one law in the American experiment that did not come from government intervention for people of color. I can't think of one one leak, one protection under the law that I have that came that didn't come from because the Constitution wasn't written for me. 
Mm-hmm. When you said all men, you ain't mean all men. It was, it was Frederick Douglass who did a brilliant piece of co-opting in his, in his speech about the 4th of July where he was explaining to y'all like, wait a minute, you said all men, but you ain't mean all men. I got gotcha, you because I'm a man. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, you messed up now. Slaves are humans. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. you saying that humans are inalienable, that we have inalienable rights. Sorry, buddy. The science is true. Uh, I know you ain't mean that, but you wrote it. You're bad, right? So to me, it's like the government had, the, the Constitution had to tell America that Africans aren't chattel. That took the, that took the government, the government had to say redlining was illegal like because if you just left it to the people we weren't going to do that so what i'm saying is like it's that's what i'm saying it's oversimplified to think that we're just going to do the right thing because history has shown us that we don't just do the right thing yeah and i I would even take it a step further that i i think this and i uh i made sure that i listened to this here so here's what i did i listen i listened to this episode again and I took notes, and when I took notes, I made sure I was not exaggerating. So I stand by these quotes. They may not be word for word, but I stand by this represents uh, what is Andrew Clavin, right, Matt? Is that his last name, yep. Clavin? Mm-hmm. This this represents his points of view, and I'm curious, Matt, how like like what you think of these statements because they're just way too simplistic. He said that people are not oppressed if they are born in the USA. Like currently, Uh 2018, if you're born in the USA, you are not oppressed. He also said nothing bad is going to happen to college-age kids due to American racism. Uh, he said barriers have been removed. And then Matt, I'm, I'm actually surprised you gave this guy, uh, the ability to, I mean, you pretty much made a brilliant point and he just completely ignored you and went a different way. You mentioned a bunch of, uh, black males in jail for weed and how messed up that is. And he took what you said and went crack cocaine. Yeah, he right. he yeah. ignored marijuana yeah, exactly. and he went crack cocaine. Yeah, I I'm had like, to let that go. That's not at what that Matt point. said. Yeah, yeah I'd say and that. Sorry, I, go I ahead. didn't have. I just didn't have the a momentum and inertia to get that yeah, back yeah, yeah. there. But I'm. I, if you notice that, I assume other people notice that. But sure, you're right. Yeah, and then he, you know, he. Uh, this uh, I thought this was. In my opinion, I know where he's coming from, but it was pretty irresponsible. He 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 used LeBron James. He said, you know, I no more of this whole if you're born white, you have privilege. He said LeBron James was born to be he had the body of a basketball player. I wish I had that, but I don't. So he has that advantage. And it's just like, oh, okay, but what what kind of point you're making? Two now, two things that I love what he said is that babies aren't guilty. So like people that are born today, they are not guilty of racism. They're not guilty of prejudice or anything like that. Um, And then to eradicate victim mentality. I like that as well. But those other grandiose claims, I'm like, no, man. Yeah. Yeah. I I, kind of was like working, working my response to that too. Um, Victim mentality is a very serious problem. Victimhood is also a very serious problem. <laughs> you might actually like be a victim. That That's is why right. I'm thinking about it. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so yeah, there is there is an element of like some of it being imagined. And then there's an element of like, I I think this guy doesn't, like you're ignoring wide swaths of history 
and even how history exists in a continuum in the way the in the way that like okay so so t- so so like a battered wife shouldn't go to therapy anymore because the dude just stopped hitting them so now all the problems are done right so right. i guess everything's right. okay because you just she said what are you talking about i haven't punched you in years what's your problem yeah right. like word like you see why i walk with this limp yeah because right. you threw me against the wall bro i haven't thrown yeah. you against the wall no you did you threw me against the wall that's why i'm limping you understand right. what I'm saying? So, so there's that. And then there's like, I mean, I, I mean, if we want to get into specifics, cause I feel like that's what he was trying to do. I mean, let's throw a rock anywhere in U S history. As a start with the Homestead Act, like, uh, you know, post post civil war, you're trying to fill the land from the Louisiana purchase and the government was passing out land grants where you only had to pay, um, you only had to pay, Taxes. You didn't have to pay for the land itself. You just paid its taxes um, as long as you promised to move your family there and build mm-hmm. a farm. And if you don't know how to farm, we'll train you how to farm. If you don't have farm equipment, we'll get that for you. As long as you farm this land, feed our people, and only pay the taxes, you can have this land. You know who that was only available for, though. Right. Geocenter said, so, of course. So th- yeah, so that was only available for them. My own, my own house, and this is the crazy part. This is, where, this is the part where I'm like, this is where I get really frustrated. Like my own home, my own family. My father was a Vietnam War vet. My father got drafted. But if you know anything about the draft, college students weren't allowed to be drafted. Mm-hmm. Guess what? My dad was on a full ride to Arizona State. My dad got drafted. No way. Right? Yes. So my father got drafted, Right. And when he came back, you come back with a GI Bill, right? Where you're supposed to be able to get your college paid for. Um, and you're supposed to be able to get a down payment for a house, right? Yeah. That's what you do for vets. We attempted to do that. There's a thing called redlining. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know about redlining. It's a bank mm-hmm. thing. Redlining is a still in the books in a lot of cities um, where you took a city map and you literally drew a line around a red line around particular neighborhoods. And what she was saying inside of this city zoning laws is that we are not allowing, um, unsightly things that drop the property value in this particular neighborhood. You can look it up. For example, a dump site, a nuclear power plant, a black family. <laughs> oh gosh. It's in the laws. Yeah. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. So we did not get my my father could not use his GI loan. Right? A war veteran, a college grad could not use his GI loan bill to buy a house because they don't sell to black people. This suburb does not sell to black families. This so is recently me, this huh? is very recently too. Fam, you know? yeah, this, yeah. yeah, this is right. this is your dad. Yeah. This is my father. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So when you tell me, when you tell me uh I need to start actualizing and pull myself from your own bootstraps, you know, your great grandfather didn't. Somebody handed him, the government handed him a farm and then trained him how to do that. The government did that. Yep. Right? So then when you was able to accrue some wealth and pass that to your granddaddy who passed down work to you and you saying me and you starting at the same spot. Oh word. Right. Somebody in your family could take a loan equity loan out of their house. You know why I couldn't do that? Because they don't sell to niggers. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why I couldn't do it. So for you to tell me I'm not funk, I'm not suffering because of racism now. 
oh, yeah, nobody's going to tell me when I walk into this place that, yeah, I don't want to sell to you because you're a black family. But I tell you what, when me and my wife tried to rent the apartment we're in now, you know what the landlord made us do? Made me, they made me, she made me fax her my driver's license before I even filled out anything because my voice sounded so black. So you know what we did? I hung up. I had my wife call. Invited her into an interview. <laughs> and didn't ask for a fax. <laughs> didn't ask for anything. Yeah. So I like I, I like so so this is stuff you just this is stuff y'all don't this is stuff people don't think about. So when you saying so when you saying when I'm when we started a record label, it was like, okay, we need to go get some seed money. You think I could walk into Bank of America right now and get a seed money? When I walked into Bank of America to get a new debit card for my manager. This is my account. This is my local account. My manager, mm-hmm. some of y'all know Paul. He's mm-hmm. from Teague, Texas. Whitest of the whitest white boys, right? Mm-hmm. And we walk in. I'm like, hey, I need to get a card. I need to get a card in his name. The teller sits down, turns right to Paul, and goes, hey, so what are we doing today? Paul's <laughs> on his phone, just yeah. on Twitter, like, what? Like, and so I had to go, hey, it's, it's my account. Gosh. It's my account. And, and then so she looked back that? at him and was like, uh, giving him the eyes like, are we cool here? Or has he got a gun? <laughs> I, wish, I wish you could see the red in that guy's face like, oh, crap, I actually did it. So, and, and look it. And look it. I'll give him this. You're right. I have a master's in education. I went, I went to college. I had the school to prison pipeline. I missed it. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? There was a lot of things that there was a lot of things that in my house was very different. I didn't fall under a lot of the destruction of sort of the the nuclear family that a lot of people in my neighborhood did. But the question is, the question is why though? Like why does this happen? Why is there such a, why is there such a disparages of black families? When you do the numbers, when you do the numbers, and this is one of my my favorite parts. When you do the numbers, black fathers are just as involved with their children as white fathers. Like percentage wise, percentage wise, we just as involved as white fathers. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> this I, I, whole like this whole idea that like uh, 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 um, you know, it's because it's because there's because our fathers are missing. Even if our fathers are missing, ask yourself why? Why are we missing? Yeah, why are we not? There? Well, no, I, I'd like to get to that, um, dude. But uh, and and I'll, and I'll say this: even uh, I I even hear black hip hop guys say that though. You know what I'm saying? Like they need to be corrected by you too, because they're just like you know our, our, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm with him. Like I think the best example, another good example of that is like I was just talking about today. I just read today that R. Kelly's music on yeah. Spotify is surging. Like his. Oh, numbers is it really like for trying to pull it from the playlist? Like, okay, black people. <laughs> the government has conspired to put many of our brothers in prison unfairly but r kelly is not one of them like every brother in jail ain't nelson mandela just the, the man okay the man help r kelly like stop playing this man's music you understand what i'm saying and it's and you not selling us out by admitting that oj did it <laughs> <laughs> and r kelly's a creep r kelly's a creep yeah. and bill cosby's a scumbag right let's just admit it like this we not right. helping each other by not admitting that so i'm gonna give you that the third one breaks my heart, man. <laughs> that, was, that was very painful. <laughs> that, that was definitely very painful. Do you remember where you were when you heard Toby the first time? It's the Beard Christian Podcast. You remember where you were? A lot of people turned it off right afterwards because 
they couldn't take the heat, so they left for the kitchen. But many of you have written us and said certain things, such as Justin Conklin of Jockburn, Texas. He said, I was in Jockburn, Texas when I heard Toby say that, and it has changed my life forever, end quote. Janiah Crenshaw of Shethed, Utah, said, I was in Shethed, Utah, and it was like a second awakening, semicolon, a rebirth. So why is BC making such a big old splash in the universe and making an impact? (laughs) Well, if that's what we're doing, then there's only one answer, and that is because the BC Club. Now, many of you have been asking, so the BC Club, is it a movement? Actually, no one's asked that, but let me answer it anyway. Well, if a movement is a group of people that want to get from point A to point B, and they want to help others get from point A to point B and care about each other and think through stuff and maybe see a little change in this world, then yes, it's a community. Now, here's how all this was birthed anyway. A lot of people were asking us knuckleheads, hey, how can we help? You guys obviously saw that we needed help. We appreciate that question because we did. Because before BC Club was established, we were just three dummies and a podcast. But now, I'm going to go out on a limb post-BC Club establishment and all you guys that hang out with us online and listen to these BC Club extra episodes that's kind of BC operational philosophy uh, specific content based on BC stuff and kind of behind the scenes sorts of things. You guys have turned all of this into a small voice, maybe even a big one. I don't know. But we actually are setting out, uh, Matt, Toby, and I, and a lot of the BC clubbers, as well as folks that help us at an even deeper level at Bad Christian, we want to make the voices of Bad Christian listeners in the BC club have uh, more volume to them, like louder. And we also want there to be more influence of the people on the content of the Bad Christian Podcast and all the operations of Bad Christian in general. So we want to invite you. The door is wide open for you to go to thebcclub.com, and we would love for you to be a part of this. So check it out. See if it's for you. And hell, we'll even throw in some free music, free books, and even an annual gift, and depending on what level you want to join, a t-shirt, sweatshirt, and those sorts of things. Either way, love you guys. Thank you for listening. That's thebcclub.com. So let me see if I can represent Clavin a little bit. First of all, I think what he gets wrong... For what he gets wrong, and then let's see if I can be on his side as much as I can... uh, as much as I think it makes sense, I'd like to see if I can get anywhere with that. But where he's super wrong is all the things you're saying are like clearly accurate and true and out of experience, but not just anecdotal. But those are obvious things that could be, you know, yeah. it, that, that I, I don't think there's anybody who could make a good argument that that what you're saying isn't true. And what yeah. what is the and that it has mega ramifications and outcomes and stuff like that. I think he's already jumping ahead. And I think this is an error. It's the error everybody's making. It's like, we're going to, we already know how we want to fix it or what will or won't fix it. And then we're backing Mm -hmm. it up to make the facts support our ultimate conclusion in the first place. So I believe that he thinks victim mentality won't help from here. 
And then, yeah. therefore, he's going to go back and be obnoxious and try to diminish all the things that could lead to what he perceives as victim mentality yeah. because I believe he correctly thinks – I think he is correct about some of the things that will further harm or marginalize people versus help them. So I think I he's totally – But I that. think he's yeah. being obnoxious and an ass and not listening and not painting a fair picture, and those things are destructive in themselves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think that there's – yeah, at some point, like – you know, there we do, we are, if, if advantage is a relative term, we're relatively speaking, definitely more advantaged than our parents and they are more advantaged than their grandparents. And do you right? think another argument people like him would use is, well, where else do you think is better than here? Are we not, I mean, yes, all, all history is, is filled with people taking over and enslaving and harming and oppressing. Yeah. And we've done the most of any country or amongst of the best opportunities there ever has been for humans, at least. Yes, we're horrible, but what's better than yeah. USA? Yeah, I just think, I feel like that's that's the type of argument that says, well, you know what, babe? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I love you, wife, but the, she only gave me head. That's not, like, really cheating. And <laughs> is there any other, like, I mean, is yeah. there any other marriage that's better than this? Like, yeah. why, how is that your litmus test yeah. for how me and you are supposed to function in the universe. Well, see, that's, again, aimed at combating some other extreme. It's not, it, it, but it's pointed at people like you, which is not fair. You're a reasonable person. It's not fair to point yeah. that canon back at you. That canon of saying how great America is, is, however, to combat the type of people that actually would like to tear down the country and are feel, you know, just really, yeah, you I, know, because that sentiment exists too. And that should totally. be false. Yeah. I feel like there again. There has to be an equal parts. Like the like people like that's why I don't pull. I would I don't pull from Thomas Swole, who um, I feel like again is oversimplified. I pull from somebody like a Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. who is very aware of civil discourse, who totally understands the beauty of the American dream and or the, yeah the imagination of what America could have been, and has a and has a full and clear understanding of where it went wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was President Roosevelt that wrote about sedition and was like, yo, it's not you're not a patriot if you just act like we ain't got no problems. Yeah. Like, that's not patriotism. Like patriotism is like, I'm going to have a sharp critique because this is a lover's quarrel, man. I'm trying to I want us to actually be the best. We can't be the best if we just going to sit around and act like our problems really ain't that bad. You know what I'm saying? And, and get coddled anytime somebody points out a problem like that's not helping nobody. And don't think that you, you're walking some sort of patriotic high road because you're doing that. And furthermore, when the hell did patriotism, patriotism become a virtue anyway? Like, why is that the highest thing American can be is patriotic? Like, what the, why is that, why is that so amazing? I mean, I get it. You, you should like where you're from, but don't act like this, like the, this, the 11th commandment, thou shalt yeah, love thy right. country. Like, it's not a, whatever, yeah. dude. Like, you don't like it, leave. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's almost like, the, it's almost like I can't, like, I feel like it's like talking to like LeBron James fans. Like, you can't talk to him because it's like, Either he's the greatest basketball player of all time or you think he's a bum. Yeah. Or somebody goes, well, MJ. It's like, nah, I'm not even talking about Michael Jordan. I don't think LeBron's a bum. I just, I'm just not quick to say he's the greatest basketball player. What all, oh, hey, Kobe, basketball. What all yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant fans hey, say. Here we go. <laughs> Here, which, I mean, yeah, Kobe. But, but like, <laughs> can't tell me nothing about Kobe. Nah. But, uh, 
but but I think Kobe probably should have ended his career one season earlier. <laughs> I'll give him that. And like right off into the sunset, bro. But like I, I just feel like it you why why what is this all or nothing thing? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like there's no human being I yes, love exactly. more That's on the, the cartoon thing. My wife. But I tell you what, she got some issues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And me ignoring them issues ain't going to make me love her any better. She doesn't have to be the greatest of all time wife, does she? Just a good one for you that you love, right? <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm that's trying right. to say. I don't need her to be the greatest of all My time. My wife ain't I, no goat. I don't have to, and nor do I have anything to compare that's to. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. That's right. That doesn't. Yeah, that's that all or nothing. It's a cartoon thing. It's a caricature yeah. thing. The important things are here to me is I do want to take a posture of learning and listening and all that. I, I value that even though I sound dismissive when I say it. It's true. I, I try to learn. I try to listen. And I don't feel like I come down on any kind of side of anything. And I even oppose politics. But I'm kind of rational and kind of pragmatic. So I'm kind of curious to figure out how this stuff works. And I'm... I think step one's got to be the type of things that you're saying here being understood and accepted with not yeah. much agenda. But I think we can go farther than that. I don't think we need to stay in the place of just whatever that, you know, it, I think there's probably some steps to take forward and some actions that are, we were going wrong on when we get into some of the, some of the, some of the how how yeah like and we're in this yeah. we're in the process of getting into the hows and there's a lot of opinions bubbling up there and if we're not careful some bad options for solving the problems if we can rightly understand them could yeah. be enacted in my view I, i'm like again and i'm not super on politics but i don't even like to go libertarian however government interventions yeah. i think are, are always i mean we should have as least of them as possible in, in my opinion yeah i mean i wish Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, at like, least as possible. Again, for like the reasons yeah, you, you said, I totally agree. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wish, I wish somebody, I wish like Antebellum South would have been like, you know what, this kind of sucks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish, you sure. know, I wish when Jim Crow was enacted, somebody went, hey, dude, uh, I don't think this, I don't think we should do this. Man. Yeah, but so you know Jim, so Jim Crow's a good example though, and tell me if you understand it differently. But in Jim Crow, it was a government invention, correct? Yes. Okay, and it's it's one that even the culture wanted and voted for and thought was a good idea somehow. And then there was a tons of businesses that would have preferred. I mean, look, I'm sure most people were on the bad side of this, but there was lots of businesses and stuff that wished they didn't have to enforce the Jim Crow, but they had to because it was a government intervention and it had an unintended consequence. That's my point. That's why I'm like, I I wish, I wish, wish I could. I wish I could trust my neighbor. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I wish we lived in a culture. Yeah, but where I no, could but but in this case, the neighbor was better than the the government. In that, in some cases, in, in some cases, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, but I mean, how much do we want the government to go in and try to regulate people's totally. behavior? I, that totally. that's going to all just have unintended consequences. Going to hurt people. Totally. See now, see this is where you, me, Joey, mm-hmm. would n- now step even higher than your last guest because uh-huh, that's right. me and you believe in the transcendent. We mm-hmm. believe in things that are immaterial and would say, we're talking to the heart and soul of man, uh-huh. right? And the heart and soul of men and women in this planet needs, need to understand virtue does sit higher than politics. And a virtue that sits higher yes. than politics, like me and you would say, was like, that's, he's a, well, that's an image bearer. And, and you're right. I don't need the government to tell me I should esteem my neighbor higher than myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need the government to tell me that. 
You understand what I'm saying? But that's because me and you believe in a higher law, right? So that I I I, I land at the lie land at, at at a place where a vir- virtuous people make a virtuous community, which create a virtuous government. So how you do we create more virtuous people then? Not that's a, a, not a that's government a to of, enforce. Hell of a question, shit. dog. You know. That's a hell of a question. Yeah. Hey, when, when you uh, when you hear guys like this, does your like what's your natural impulse? Do you think deep down inside this guy's a racist and he doesn't know it, or do you think this dude's ignorant? I mean, I what think- where where does your mind go? Because you know he did. You know, I don't come away seeing him as a as a hate filled guy that doesn't like black people. Yeah, I think you you don't know what you don't know, and right. you could only look through the eyes you have. And mm-hmm. I think that in his positionality as a well-educated white male, like you're, whether he wants to admit it or not, just follow the thread of history. You're the top of the food chain. I don't know what mm-hmm. to tell you. So there's not many other people that can look you in the eye and be like, no, fool, you're looking at history all wrong. You understand what I'm saying? When you're at the top of it, you feel me? Like I have people that can look at me and go, you're looking at history all wrong. That is a product of privilege. And I think that he, as, as much as he doesn't want to say, and, and I think that there's this, the misunderstanding that he has about privilege is, goes back to just the American creation myth in myth in its sociological sense, not whether it's right or wrong, but like, or whether it's true or false, just this is what we tell ourselves to shape our, our understanding is that rugged individualism is that like that you are the master of your own destiny right so you think if i tell you you have privilege that i'm saying you didn't work hard mm-hmm. and that's not what i'm saying at all and that's an attack at your personhood if you think that's yeah. what i'm saying but that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying you worked hard in a system that your dad worked hard in that set you up to succeed in Sure. You understand what I'm saying? There's, so this is yeah. what I'm trying to say. You work, I'm not saying you're not working hard. I'm just saying you're working hard in a system that wants you to win, right? So when you have that, I feel like, again, you don't know what you don't know. And it's, and it's hard. I, I just had this, I had an inbox conversation, a direct message conversation just about with this, uh, with this female artist. I had posted a picture about me, you know, at the studio with my homeboy Toby. We were working on the song together. And she was like, we're all the ladies. And I'm like, uh, well, my wife, is a doctor so she's busy you understand what i'm saying and his wife runs their business so she's busy and she was like yo see why you think i'm talking about your wives i'm talking about like other artists like why are you where's like it's just such a trend like y'all just making this boy like 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 women are not like uh, act and and so i got hella defensive because i'm like yo first of all my my drummer's female my road manager's female uh-huh. right and i'm like and there's and I, I was trained, you know the tonal rats, you just brought them up. Like I was trained by Elsie and Zane. My mentors are female. You understand what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I felt like I could not hear her critique because in Defensive. that scenario, I'm the top of the food chain. Mm. So I needed to step back and go, don't be defensive. You got blind spots. No matter how many things you you want to pat yourself on the back to say that you've done well and you know and you you you're an ally you've done platforms you understand like you know what you don't have her eyes mm-hmm. I just don't have her eyes and just that and and again that goes back to us believing in the immaterial I am called to humility period and I just I have to humble myself and if I'm challenged 
take it on the chin. And it's in, in, in that sense, be a man and take it on the chin. Yeah. Well, yeah, take defensiveness it. is a childish trait. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. is. I mean, it happened to me actually 30 minutes ago. Actually, the exact same thing happened to you. Somebody said, was talking about our next tour, and there's, like, not any women. There's four bands, and I, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, none of them have any women in it. I was like, it's kind of oh, set crap. me off. Like, well, you know, who am I supposed to kick off to put what band that didn't submit on here? I mean, what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I got mad, you know, like, instantly. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't have a solution or anything to say other than, well, I, I, I suppose you're I right. Maybe I should think more about that but i should have more of them but, on my radar yeah you know but also do, i'll make it a point but yeah. also you're really irritating me because you don't know what you're talking about you're telling me what to do right now <laughs> that's what totally. it feels like you know this is what it was all yeah. it was you know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? so i feel like with somebody like him like he has no there's there's no brick wall for him to run into of someone to be like nah dude like i'm not i'm not finna you're the top of the food chain so you i let him have it in that sense i'm like i'm gonna let you be what you are I'm going to learn what I can yeah. and just understand the positionality in this. And I think that, yeah, the, the variant scales of what it means to be racist and not racist. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd grab a tiki torch and walk down the streets in Charlottesville. I don't believe he's that. I think he probably looks at them and, be, and is like, you guys are idiots. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when I try to tell them that systemic oppression still exists, the fact that he can't see that is to me is a a, a, a sign of of just an experienced privilege. Let's see if I can get myself in some trouble here, and uh, if so, fair enough. I, but uh, I agree with you there. It's, oppression is an unintended out, in my opinion. This is I'm going to just speak what I think and tell me, correct me, jump in anytime I say something stupid. But okay. systemic oppression it, it explains exactly your situation and your dad and not being able to get a house. Yeah. You'd have to, be, yes. in my opinion, you had to be crazy to disagree that that exists. I, that was a system. Yeah. yeah. Now I get off the boat with basically saying that's an unintended consequence and a problem and bad and should have been fixed a long time ago. And there's still plenty of that stuff around now. Yeah. And I, for sure, police, I, no matter what. Yeah. I, you know what? The police came to my house. I forgot about this, but the police, me and Bridget were sitting in the supper table and there's two cops on our front porch looking in our window two nights ago and my heart Whoa. dropped. I was like, oh, yeah. sh- oh shit, it's going down. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't think I had done anything <laughs> wrong, but I always feel yeah. a little guilty. And I, I got up and I was like, I opened the door and my heart's pounding, my ar- arm's weak and I opened the door. And and I say, uh, can I can I help you? And they said, uh, they're like, is uh, all some name uh, is Amaya here or something like that? Uh, uh-huh. And like something's about to go down. And I was like, I, uh, no, I, no, that's you got the wrong house. Like, and then I'm thinking yeah. they're not going to believe me and come in anyway or whatever. But I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah. And they're and then they're like, oh, okay, sorry. And they started to back out and walk down. I was like, but uh, wh- wh- where are you supposed to be? And yeah. And I tried to show, like, who are you looking for? What are we doing? They just kind of walked off. They didn't. And I was so mad, like, five minutes after they left because they scared the shit out of us. Uh, yeah. And they didn't, they didn't give me any answers. They didn't apologize for coming to our porch. They wouldn't tell us what was going yeah. on. I'm like, good gosh, you're our – the whole point of you is to protect people like me, and clearly you realize we're not 
the bad guys, and you're not even going to treat me with an ounce of respect or apologize yeah. for doing that. Like, and yeah. then I go, and then I think, of course, if I was black, how much more scared would I be, and how could oh, I even Lord. predict oh. what behavior I would do and what they would have done to me? It'd been a whole other thing, and I was already mortified, to be honest. Yeah. I was like, God yeah. dang it, that's really frustrating that y'all act that way. Anyway, yeah. so I, I'm scared of cops as it is, and if I was black, it'd be a hell of a lot more scared. So, Ooh, Lord. that's yeah. in my opinion, that's systematic. I don't think it's intent, though. I don't think it's racism on purpose. I think it's an unintended yeah, it's, consequence of the system we have. We mean by, this is what we mean by you're, you're describing implicit bias. Implicit, exactly. That's what it is. It's yeah. like, and what he tried to explain with the guy getting on the plane where it's just like, because of the numbers, right. I'm supposed to think that this person potentially. Yes. So the greater good is to treat this dude like he's potentially hostile because yes. the last five Arab Americans I've seen, yeah, or at least I heard about on the news, were potential threats. Is this what he was and talking I, about Sowell on? Was he quoting him on that? Yeah, when he went in. Yeah, yeah he was quoting Sowell on that one. And that's the part that I was like, okay, again, like, I get it in the sense of like a sheer survival tactic in the sense that a lion if I see it in the wild, probably maybe it's not going to eat me because it's sleepy. Right. But that's what lions do. Yeah. There's no a lion doesn't have a moral compass. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to accept that if we were talking about animals. Yes. But we're not talking about animals. Well, the you know other example on that one is you're an Uber driver and you get a call to what you know to be a terrible neighborhood. It happens to be filled with a lot of black people. You love black people. You're in a, you know, you, maybe you're black and you're the Uber driver or you're in a mixed marriage or something. Look, that the stats say don't go to that neighborhood, though. Yeah. And that's not, and you're like, gosh, I hate it. I, I, racism sucks so bad, but I, I don't think I want to go to that neighborhood. Is that racism? Okay. There's one, there's one, there's, there's, or it's a type of discrimination as so will there's one way to look at that. But if there's one way to look at that, so there's like, there's going to that neighborhood, but then I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that guy. If let's just say this is the South side of Chicago, which is day one. That's Mm -hmm. the one they always bring out. Right. What about Chicago? It's ridiculous. Right. But so we're going to, we're going to argue that. Well, what if, what if I'm in Logan square in Chicago and I'm leaving college and I need a ride home? Yes. And I get in there with my school backpack and I tell you, you need to take me to the South Side. That's where I Ubered at. And you now, as soon as I clicked in there, I need to go to the South Side. You've already decided who I am as a person because I live in the South Side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's unequivocally that's racism. Yep, I'll go with you there for sure. Now, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, but like, but yeah, if you're, you're nervous about a neighborhood, nobody's telling you not, nobody's telling you to be foolish. Mm-hmm. It is discrimination, you know but it's not, but, does yeah. it? So, and, then, and then, yeah, there's going to say there's, there's an important distinction in terms, like the difference between prejudice, discrimination, and racism. You know what I'm saying? These are, these are, they're all different things. Like we all have, we all discriminate in some ways. You chose, I'm looking at you, you chose a black shirt today. Like mm-hmm. that's, you discriminated against your white shirt. I don't mm-hmm. know, Right. You know, there's preference. I like sushi. My wife doesn't. You know, I mean, hey, I mean, is that is that fair to ramen? I guess. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, so there's those things. It's when it's when a prejudice is acted upon in a way that suppresses the things that you are. That's, that's become discrimination. And when you take all the discriminations and you blow them mm-hmm. into a law, right, and a system that feeds your prejudices uh, yeah it makes and, them worse and now we're, we're talking and, and about redlining racism. and stuff you like you, you've also created the problems here. with the redlining and stuff like that's why the neighborhoods yeah, are was, bad 
This is how that happened. It's your fault. Now, you didn't mean to do it. And some of y- y'all were racist when you made the laws, too, of course. Like, and if you go far yeah. enough back, everybody's racist, I guess, you know, like, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. But, you know, so when I'm looking at now, the claim I want to, the, the idea that I want to float out here for fear of getting hammered, though, is, is, is it possible that we are overstating the problem? And, I, and I'll, let me couch it this way. I don't agree with Clavin or his methods or how insensitive and obnoxious it is. But he says racism is not a problem. I don't agree. I think it's a a big problem. I don't think it's anywhere close to a of the biggest problems that we have. Does that? Hmm. So, and I just really don't think that I think that I could be convinced of that. But when I think of actual problems, I mean, oh, say I said actual problems in planning, it's not an actual problem. It is. Yeah. I just don't think it's, it, you're just so many people that want to paint as the biggest problem. What are some examples, makes, Matt? Okay. I'll put it this way. I think childhood sexual abuse is the biggest problem we face. Hmm. I think that's yeah. way big. In fact, as far as I can think, and I've not thought about it more than a certain amount of minutes, cumulatively, yeah. but can you think of a worse problem than childhood sexual abuse and yeah. the devastation just, and cyclical stuff that happens that winds up... Call, every other thing that you talk about, even economically, I think that's a huge problem. It, it yeah. pulverizes whole generations and people. It happens all the time. The stats are way higher. The ramifications are way worse. It's huge. I, and then I'm, after that, I'm going mass incarceration is a, a way bigger yeah. problem than racism. Racism is a contributing factor to those things. Yeah. Yeah, my argument would be that you're, you're, it's a flawed matrix in the sense that I think societal problems, like, I don't think we should triage them. I think they're, it's a continuum. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're not in competition, like my wife calls the oppression Olympics. Like, I'm, right. not, I'm, not in, I'm not in competition with anybody else's suffering. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if we see these things as interlocking, um, you know, then it's very difficult for me to parse out something and saying this is of higher priority than the other. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because because they because they fit together. Yeah. For example, um, so if we're gonna talk about, like you say, so we talk about redlining, which has to do with city zoning laws, which um, you know, kept uh, communities of color, like systemically in poverty. Mm-hmm. Like it, I could throw back to you, I could throw back to black wall street in Oklahoma. Like, like y'all, they bombed it. Like it was burnt down. This was black actualization that was burnt to the ground. You understand what I'm saying? So like, so, so if we start there, right. So it kept community of covers, communities of color with the lack of resources. What happens when you have the lack of resources? You have failing schools. Mm-hmm. What happens when you have failing schools is you have high crime rate. When you have high crime rate, you have mass police states. When you have mass police states, you have mass incarceration. When you have mass incarceration, you have the breakdown mm-hmm. of the family exactly. structure. When you have the breakdown of family structure. You have no accruing of wealth, which keeps us in a community that was, you know what I'm saying? Yep. That and is, sexual so abuse is going to be worse in all those communities too. Yes. Yes, yes totally. So it just makes this circle mm-hmm. that is just saying, and then, and then, so then when you have these mass incarcerations, this breakdown of these families, you have these mental health issues, which are going to cause these child pornographies and all these other 
spray offs of, of these just mental disorders that are also all problems. And then, and then a lot of times, like even the sex trafficking trade, that's, it's a mental issue, but it's very economic. This is an economic thing. Like I'm trying to make money here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and which is sick. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is like, it's interlocking rather than a ladder to me. So yeah. I think that when we, if we pull out and stop thinking of it in, in, in linear, but more cyclical, um, yeah. then I think that I don't have to fight with that last guest to be like, no, nah, you're right. Yeah. Like victimhood sure. is an issue. It's a huge problem to say something like, well, I think North Korea is a bigger problem. Okay. Well, we won't worry yeah. about the other ones then. Like that's a put off. I, yeah. I, I know. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, when I hear somebody on the other side say that our country is built and maintained by white men for white men, and we got to overturn it and do everything and it's intentional, everything. And, you know, and what they're asking and looking for from the government, it, that to me starts to be really negative and dangerous and counterproductive kind of a thing. And to say that the, our only problem is racism and we, we're going to burn everything yeah. to the ground to fix it or whatever. Reparations yeah. and these things. Well, I mean, reparations, what's your opinion on that? But obviously I I'm not. <laughs> what? I do have one. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, I'm like, uh, well, Germany gave it to the Jews. Um, Australia gave it to the Aborigines. We've given them to the Native Americans. Oh, I, we're, why, why, well, why, I, I would, I would, my argument would be what we've done to Native Americans is about the worst thing I could ever imagine. And the entitlement yeah. and the state that they're in now, we've is still our fault. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying we should have yeah. been harder on them. Tough love would have fixed them or anything. I'm just saying, nah, giving yeah, them the things that we've given them is part right. of what keeps How them do you back. Right, that wrong. Yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. Totally that's what yeah, I'm saying. How do you write that wrong. I don't know. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Um, I know one way. I know one way to not fix the problem is not build a oil pipeline through their water main. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would I say, no, I'd I say that don't help. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but, 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 yeah, but, I you know, I, we're, we're talking about the oppression Olympics and the Vic at this point we do come full on into, okay, these people have been destroyed, devastated, this, marginalized. This now how do we help them? Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that one way to do is like, if we enacted laws that, hurt them then yeah let's enact laws that lift them up you understand what i'm saying the retributive there's you know there's retributive and then there's re retributive i'm blanking on the words but the type of justice was like basically it's like like you don't just restorative restorative yeah. restorative versus retributive, retributive yeah it's yeah. like okay i stole 20 dollars yes. from you i give 20 back and then i give you 20 more you know what i'm saying because like i, I have to make this right mm -hmm. you know so i think that 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 is that is a reality i think there's a reality that yeah like the framers of the constitution had in mind white men over 25 that own land mm -hmm. when they talked about that and like i said frederick Douglass made that point to say yeah but god did actually move your hands when you wrote this because you wrote all men you understand what i'm saying and i'm like that i'm included right um and it took the laws that somehow or another were enacted and the provisions that we have as a nation for the citizens and constituents to hold their government accountable to say that you need to make these changes as to lift up people that you're saying are citizens. 
out of areas. And I've watched, like I said, I gave you two examples of it. Mm-hmm. I've watched the government actually do that. They've actually made things right, like through the Homestead Act. Like that was that was a good act. Sure. It should have just been open to all of us. You understand what I'm saying? But that was a, it's a good law. You feel me? And it was a good law that had a shelf life because once the land was filled, you don't need the Homestead Act. That's great. You understand what I'm saying? So like I'm I'm I am you're right. Like I am not an arsonist personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not like burn the whole house down, but I am the type to say if we have some foundational issues, we can't just keep you yeah. know most people aren't willing to acknowledge them. The, yeah. yeah. And we've got some deep racism. You know, I, I know it's there. I mean, as much as I want to say it's not there, I know it's there. I, I know it. <laughs> I know yeah. it is. But it's yeah. ugh, it's so complicated. But, I don't want it, but you're right. But I don't want to. But I'm not going to because of that sit in my home and be like, yeah. there's nothing I can do to feed my children. Well, that's there's the not. message to the, the I have such a problem. I mean, it's so irrelevant that my daughter's brown, but she's brown. She's a bit, bit lighter. Like if my daughter and wife were in a UPS uniform, it'd just be the same color. If a black person's yeah, yeah, in a yeah. UPS uniform, it, the thing looks khaki if a yeah, white yeah, person's yeah. in it looks dark brown my, my family just looks like a ups uniform <laughs> yes. but um yeah. i don't want to at all tell them it's going to be so hard on you and stuff's against you i just don't i just don't like that message for for people that you care about i think it's low expectations I, I, from but the, you know from what that, though you know? I, i'm glad i'm glad i was told i'm yeah. glad my father told me mm-hmm. hey dog when you walk out yeah, that's interesting. walking home from school the police will stop you mm-hmm. i just don't like, because if I was not prepared for that, if I did not know I was walking into a world, you know what I'm saying? But but his answer to it was like, so work harder. Yeah. Right. Well, what do you want me to tell it. you? Yeah, that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. That's just what it is. Work harder. So you know when you say like, oppression Olympics and victimhood culture that you don't like, tell me about that a little bit. and That would be. Yeah. I just think that like if if there's a there has to be a both and I think that the choices that you know young black and brown men and women make um don't exist in a vacuum there's a reason why a person would choose self-destructive behavior um that comes from a lot of different factors you know whether it's like your own sort of sort of self-impression of who you are kind of self-hate that comes from being you know subjected to like ideals of beauty and standards and such like that that like just don't match your culture so you 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 tend to start believing somebody tells you something long enough start believing that that's true about you right that's that's just i mean that's just what it is so i think that there's there there's that reality um coupled with the fact that at no point is anyone going to care about you <laughs> more than you care I about i agree you. with that you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, no, for and, sure. And, and there are, it's just going to be harder. It, you have like, it worse. Now you're yes. going to have to work harder. Yeah, it's just going to be harder. Now It's not you, you have it worse, so let's beg other people to give us stuff. That's just... It's, yeah. No, it's like... Or and, fight and, and, or take and it. I come or from, be, like, whatever. my father was a Black Panther, so I come from a position where why would I ask the government from something when I don't believe the when I don't trust the government. I don't think yeah, the government exactly. loves me. I agree so with you about that. That's what I'm saying. The they're not going to help ask you. Them for anything. Yeah, they're not going to help just, you. Those the, yeah. the Democrats aren't going to help you. Republicans aren't going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Your help isn't help. Right. You know what I'm saying? I agree. So, yeah. I definitely come from a position that that sort of feels that way, but I also come from a position that says, "Well, I'm going to hold my government accountable." Yes. And so, 
well, if y'all making laws anyway, and I get to and I get to suggest laws to you, well, you know what like what laws <laughs> would you suggest? Now that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna suggest some laws, right, or some correction of laws that is yeah. going to make my pursuit of liberty and happiness in as much ease as this dude's pursuit of liberty and happiness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holding the government accountable is is good. That I like that I like. Have a government yeah. fix stuff for us. No, please leave us alone. Is more more what I think, but yeah, we got to hold yeah. them accountable and get stuff bad stuff off the books. And there's stuff that needs to be on the books. I'm not anti-government yeah. or anything entirely. Yeah, totally. But yeah, yeah, I think I'm with y'all on all that. And I hope anything I'm saying here doesn't uh, put me in a bad like camp said, or anything. Like, but I've already, I mean, me and you are reconciled already. That's the other thing. Like we're reconciled. Like we're good. Like you. What did we have homies. beef? We had to get reconciled about? on this tour, though. I mean, <laughs> there's that. You got any black people on this tour? Look at y'all. <laughs> You're right. Well, I, could, I specifically I said no black submissions, so that's that is on me. I'll take. I'll own that. Yeah, I, I believe that. <laughs> hey, I do want to hear about uh, before you go. I want to hear about the ca- uh, Canvas conference. How involved are you in that? Is that something that you know you're kind of like, masterminding? I'm actually not too involved in that. I never actually have been. That's really been like the Portland dudes kind of babies. Gotcha. And um, specifically Thomas, like this is this is like Ata Ah Thomas. Like this is Pinnacle Ah Thomas. All that the the. Gotcha. The Canvas conference is. Um, I was supposed to be in planning meetings twice, and then they never actually called me. So I feel like they just telling me to come to planning meetings just because they feel bad. But <laughs> <laughs> y'all really don't want my opinion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, this is a uh, this was something that was like I said. This was this is Thomas's baby. It was birthed out of his heart and something he really wanted to do. And the really more uh, symbolic of the direction like Humble Beast as a whole is going is. Yeah not so much rap label as it is like content creators. Yeah. The coffee stuff going well still? No, the coffee flopped, bro. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, Joey's trying do, to plug stuff for you, but it's not good stuff. So let's just go back to your podcast, which is awesome and you're in charge of and yes. well, let's just That's actually there. working. Yeah. 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 Now nah, the pod, the the coffee um man, you just can't do it part-time. If you're going <laughs> to run a roaster, you have to do it full-time and yeah. it just wasn't working. That's the way a lot of stuff is. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do some stuff together in the future. We just, I mean, you're welcome here anytime. You fit really, really good with us, and I really Man, I appreciate it. We can do some music stuff together. We can do conference yeah. stuff together in the future, all that. But yeah. I really appreciate you. Um, you've done some real, maybe small things, but I, I take them as serious when I hear you say a good thing about us. To some, I've heard other people get back to me that you've said good stuff about us, not just totally, on man. the air, and I really appreciate that. I just, I, yeah. I, I I love uh, I appreciate you know. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all being real as hell, you know what I'm saying? Like it's that's why I ride for you. I like I ride for real, man. Mm-hmm. Like and yeah, like we you you're making good stuff. You guys are good hangs, we're good talks. You're you're you you represent a brand of of the faith that's authentic and real and much more like the faith we actually mm-hmm. live. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, I feel like we're cuffing the same do, clock. Do man. you count this? Uh, I'm not really trying to make a joke here, but do you count this as emotional labor having to describe this stuff back to us and our uh, and our audience? Um, it's it depends on how healthy I am. Mm-hmm. Like when when like the bandage is still raw, then it's like heavy lifting. Like if you would have told me, listen to this podcast and we're gonna call you tonight, I'd be like, nah, I can't do it, doc. Wow. That would have been like real heavy. But so like, does that mean when you heard that podcast, you were like, it, it actually affected you, like you were, or something like what? 
There was definitely an effect because it was like there was kind of like a, I was grieved in some ways that it just like some of the sweeping statements and just was like I don't understand how someone so intelligent and so articulate can just like ignore yeah. vast swaths of history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I feel like it grieved me um, because I know he's not the only one to do this. And oh, I have like a not. Twitter troll who essentially is that guy incarnate that I eventually had to mute because all the dude does is just name call. Yeah. So like I was just kind of triggered. And then there's another guy that who replies to me that I'm not going to call him a troll, but is kind of sits in this dude's um, wheelhouse. But he, we have like good dialogue. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, that's why I was like kind of already familiar with some of his arguments. It's just, at least this other guy, you know, isn't just making these like sort of sweeping, uh-huh. you know, statements. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's so weird how really just how pliable humans are because it's like, it's not like I wouldn't go get a beer with this dude. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad to hear like, that too. Yeah. I was like, I'd go, let's go get a beer. You know what I'm saying? Like I quoted Doug Wilson. Like it, it, someone would think that if there's anybody on the opposite end of the spectrum of propaganda, it would be whatever's happening in Moscow, Idaho. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I went and got a beer with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think some say, of it's a myth. You know? I really do think some of this is just a myth that people are all that. Like, it's getting worse, though. But I, I think totally. that people like that are caricatures and cartoons, and I think it benefits them and their platform. Absolutely. And, you know, all, the people that say a lot of truth, they go way farther than they should to, to where they're, they lose a lot of credibility with me. And that's yeah. really sad, but it obviously works. And then the worst part is I believe it affects other people. Like there's a lot of people really out do. there that get along with a lot of people that could be having a lot of beers with a lot of people that they think they are getting programmed by the yeah. extremes to thinking these are your yeah. enemies. Yeah. And that's and, and, nonsense. Yeah. And what's crazy is like that's the that premise or that truth is why Cambridge Analytica exists, why Russian mm-hmm. trolls like, you know, trolled our election is because they know if I can get the characters riled up, yep. if I can make these cartoon characters, I'm gonna polarize right. y'all and get what I want to do because that's how we function. So it's it's a sad reflection right. of, of the fact that what you said is true. That's you know what I'm that's saying? the case. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks again. Do you have any tour dates? Uh Nothing I can announce yet. Nothing you can announce yet. That means something good is coming. But go, uh, yeah, yeah, go follow Propaganda on Spotify. At least do that. Please yeah, do check, out, check out the Red Couch Podcast. Yep. It's good stuff, man. We appreciate your time. Let's do it man. again soon. Love you, dudes, man. All right. Love you too, man. See ya. All right, guys.